three shocks. A chimp takes 15. I think he's ready. <laughs> guys, you know about story structure, right? Like three-act structure, you guys, you guys have heard of this, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, like, if you're ever in a room with Guillermo del Toro, don't ever bring that up to him because he's quoted as saying when people talk to him about that stuff, he wants to cut off their dick and stick it in their mouth. Jesus Christ. Yes. That's so the, funny coming from, like, he must really hate it, too, because Guillermo del Toro is the most soft-spoken, biggest-hearted person that you can ever see. He yeah. is. You're, I, you're right. I, I, when I read it, I, I read it early this morning, and it, it, like, I didn't even need coffee anymore. It just kind of woke me up, like, wait, what? What's he doing? Yeah, it was in, in uh, John York's book, Into the Woods, that just talks about the how, like, why the structure, the traditional structure of narrative is what it is, like why it resonates with humans so much. So I just started the book, great book, check it out. And so he included, he's talking about people that are for the structure and people that are against it. And he brought up Guillermo del Toro <laughs> and it was just a, a really wild morning after that. Speaking but, of um, Into the Woods, how about uh, Patricia Arquette's hairy breasted naked self in the movie Human Nature? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Trellin, you are correct because that is what we're talking about here today. <laughs> Welcome to Code Unknown, where we explore the movies that seem to have drifted out of history. And some people would argue this one drifted with good reason. I don't think so as much, but we're going to get into it. I'm Alan Geis. I'm Trellin McCoy. And I'm Kylie Black. So, as was mentioned, this week we're talking about Charlie Kaufman's not first movie as uh who, who pitched that to us but that was me that was me <laughs> you're like dude look for his new movie bro like we gotta do human nature it was his first movie ever you know he was living on the streets it feels he made like this movie. It. It, it got him out of poverty i'm like oh that's awesome and then it's like wait a minute no that was being john malkovich what are you talking mm -hmm. about <laughs> but yes the movie is called human nature it is from 2001 written by charlie kaufman directed by okay is it Michael Gondry? Is it Michel Gondry? Is, do we know? I feel like it's Michael I, Gondry, I think. Yeah, I've been calling him Michael. All right, well, that's what we're going with. It's with Michael Gondry, and we're doing this because Charlie Kaufman has, he's gone on to directing, and he has a new film on Netflix, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Trellin, you said you actually saw that last night. Mm -hmm. It's really great. It's one of the most uncomfortable movies to sit through, though. It's like that level of uncomfortable when all you could do was your only reaction could just be to like laugh, even though it's like not funny at all. Like it's really uncomfortable and unsettling. Oh, so like watching Irreversible, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so Trellin, what is human nature about? Well, this movie is about a woman who is in love with a man who is in love with another woman and all have three of them have designs on a young man raised as an ape. Huh. I, when you read that, it does not make you want to see the movie, hmm. except other than maybe the fact that like, wait a minute, a young man raises an ape. Like you're just kind of like, oh, this is a love hmm. triangle. Like, okay, I get it. I'm Melodrama, cool. One. And then it's like, oh, wait, he's raised as an ape? Excuse me? Hmm. What? Well, it's also a lot more. Yeah, that's the whole movie in a nutshell, though. It's not just a love triangle. <laughs> and it's also like polar opposites. You have like basic human instincts versus uh, hoity-toity. You got to use the salad fork or I'm going to have an aneurysm at this goddamn table <laughs> like Tim Robbins. The pretentious side of civilization. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're going to get into all that. And, and you're right. It's, it's all about essentially wrestling with human nature versus modern living. I would say this movie is for fans of basically just any other person that enjoys Michael or uh, Michael Gondry and Charlie Kaufman. Like, there's no kind of other thing I could recommend except maybe Encino Man. What do you guys think? That's, there's a lot of similar thematic elements in Encino Man, I think. <laughs> yeah. I do think that it's notable that this is a lot less intense than most of Kaufman's other films. And that yeah. it, as in, yeah. like, the subject matter in itself is it seems uh it, it tracks <laughs> but the tone of the majority of the film is pretty lighthearted. Yeah. it I is like. yeah it's it's re it wrestles with uh the the complex questions or or kind of things we deal with ver uh but in like a a lighthearted way i would say until the end yeah until the end mm -hmm. or <laughs> until five minutes in or literally the opening scene wait she's patricia arquette's in 
she's taken in the custody because she killed Tim Robbins, and then we're showing Tim Robbins like in heaven with the mm-hmm. bullet through his head. It's like <laughs> whoa, but it's done in in a, in a quirky way that that does make it accessible. And, and yeah. mm-hmm. all right, so let's dive into this thing. So I realize we all have notes on this mice and eagle shot, which I thought mm-hmm. was or, or the shot, and then multiple shot the whole sequence. And I one of you guys had the note of like what a fucking pain that must have been to shoot and i agree i was like how yeah. did they how did they work all this how many cameras were going i would just was love it? to talk about this for a sec are they real mice they don't look like i i'm real. almost sure these ones are real because there are shots where later we see in the movie of cgi mice and they look a little bit different like it's that 2001 early still trying to figure it out kind of animation but i i'm almost 90 percent sure these are real mice what do you think alan well, can I just say, I agree. Yeah. I think it's a mix of both. I, and I, and I mm. think they do it. What, what was smart about them is there was times when, especially when they're doing the, they're using the, the cutlery and it's real mice, <laughs> yeah. but they just CGI the hands. Yeah, the lettuce. Or, and the and, lettuce. <laughs> and the lettuce. The lettuce is definitely CGI. That's where I was confused because I was like, part of the, parts of the mice don't look CGI, but the lettuce is 100% fake. I, I bet they tried with the real lettuce and the mice just kept eating it with their mouth. Yeah. Like, how, like, how, like, how do you avoid that? Well, it's like, the thing too is it's like a distinctly darker green and it's yeah. like really smooth. There's like no definition to it at all. Mm-hmm. So if five years from now, we, there's a book that you see recommended from people that's all about the... How to, how to make good CGI and where the authors, don't be surprised because you may, we may have just unlocked this new uh, thing that we're going to start getting into is uh, how to make good CGI. But like that scene where like the bird like hits the tree, that looked like a real bird like yeah. hitting a tree. Like did they just toss it at a tree or did like they use a dummy for that scene? It looked real, but. They called up the people from Roar and they were like, how did you guys push those, those animals <laughs> off the cliff? Oh yeah, just sedate them. So they sedated that poor crow and then threw it. Which by the way, I thought was funny is that you think it's an eagle. It ends up being a crow and I don't think crows yeah. eat right? Is I think that was intentional. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a expert on birds. I'm not sure. Wait, you're not? I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. checking my notes here. It's like, <laughs> I, when you submitted your resume, you said I'm a bird expert. Bird law expert. I'm a bird lawyer. <laughs> okay, so th- that scene, uh, relevant, perhaps, it's essentially, what do you guys think? Human, are we seeing just what human nature is? It's just go... Uh, fight or flight. Fight or flight. Good, great way to put it. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So after that, we're introduced to these three different stories that are going to become interconnected. We have Reese Fons, he looks like a caveman in a, in a courtroom. So we have these two contrasting things. We have Patricia Arquette. She's being taken to, to prison and we have, or into an interrogation room. That was kind of weird. Like they already had her like in a jumpsuit and all this stuff, but they're asking her about the murder. Like it's like, wait, what? But I guess it was just yeah. uh, for dramatic effect. And Tim Robbins, and I, I guess what we're going to just call Heaven, which I thought was, this is where the movie, the movie, the movie immediately starts showing its strengths, which is, it, it's gonna like kill you with production design mm-hmm. in, in a good way right what, what do you guys think about like that impression of those first 10 minutes do you guys like that uh i did personally i thought it like even later on i think as the movie goes on it gets a little bit better with some more cool visuals but um yeah it feels like it's weird because it doesn't it feels like a sound state sound stage but it doesn't really hinder the movie like i like it's like kind of enhanced um cartoonish almost childlike look it has yeah i very much disagree oh you do you don't like it (laughs) well there's there's certain things i really like and there are certain things Mm. that i don't like so for example the wooded scenes and this is going so much later into it but like when there there's a scene where uh prashurkat and a reese the ape man um Mm -hmm. are swinging through the trees yes and they uh it's clearly not it's clearly a soundstage there the trees are so fake looking that it just takes me out of it completely i just didn't i just didn't notice that but i I, I guess there's there there is a lot maybe because there's a lot of interchanging of stuff that's like apparently like hyper real like uh there's when patricia arquette's walking she has her musical number but which by the way totally caught me off guard but i loved she has yeah, a musical that... number and like 
she has little animals and she's walking and there's this kind of like it's not paper mache but it's kind of like stop motion i don't can you guys help me describe that forest but you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about there's definitely yeah that that seems a little bit i feel like a little bit different though because it's not as um serious going into it i see Maybe that's why it had a different effect on me because it almost seems like a story because she's really looking back at that point and telling like a story less um like it's the, at that part it still feels like she's just going back over her life and talking about what happened in the past whereas the later part you're engrossed in the movie and it's not as much of her talking about what went on is just what happened i see what you're saying so the juxtaposition of this is at the beginning where it's supposed to be more story-like more i don't want to say surreal but more accessible whereas later it's supposed to be a serious scene and it's clearly fake so that's taking you out of it it's also maybe she just has a certain nostalgia for it it's her reminiscing on that certain uh, moment in her life sure so it feels that magical to her because it was that magical yeah. of a moment mm-hmm. yeah that makes i'll buy that that makes sense we get their story that that she grew up as this hairy person and she's now looking for love but i love that time in her life where she's like i'm just gonna i will live out in the woods like i'm done trying to fit in uh, but i'm how am i going to survive i'm going to write these books to provide for Mm -hmm. myself and it's what i call lars von trier filmmaking where uh, i mean i think maybe lars von trier actually did this after but if you watched infomaniac he's like there's scenes where there'll be someone will say it felt like like I was being thrown like a sack of potatoes and he'll just show like a sack of potatoes. Sack of potatoes. Like yeah. I love that this movie is doing that. I, I love mm-hmm. those quick cutaways to things. And she, when she says, I just decided fuck humanity. And we just and you cut, see your book. Yeah. To yeah. all these New Yorkers, like, or I don't know if they're New Yorkers, but city people in a bookstore and there's a, it says fuck humanity. Like that type of filmmaking is just very appealing to me. I, I, I guess it's like prop prop-esque like they're using a lot of props and very creative with with just showing you things visually how, like how do you guys react to that i really liked it mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I, I don't know if i have any more stuff to add to that but like we should i, I want to mention that her motive for escaping this world is just the hair it's such a minute thing but i guess like i guess she would escape it's like a society we don't see a scene where like she's getting ridiculed for her hair like i didn't like really no. buy her just leaving you know yeah so why, that's a good point how often does it does it grow back it seemed like it was really pretty know. regular yeah yeah she it had seems a lot like of it's like a daily mm-hmm. but but you're right i think so it was maybe not as much i think she was chastised for it but you're right they didn't show us and she just concludes i don't even want to deal with the possibility of it so I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, I'm that not even sense. gonna try to maneuver in this world. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here, bye, sayonara. But then, I, and I'm recapping the movie. So like, if I ever say something wrong, be like, no, that's not what happened. Cause I, I could be wrong. I was just how I'm remembering it. She says, well, I do kind of like the Rizzi Fonz character where they're like, well, I kind of do want something else. But it actually, you know, the difference is, maybe that's the point of it is she had a choice and Rizzi Fonz didn't right? Does that sound fair? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So she meets Tim Robbins and, and right off the bat, we're finding out that this guy is eccentric to a fault. And we get this from the way that he corrects her when they're eating. And when he like shocks the mouse and like kind of gets like a kick out of it. So it's like clearly (laughs) a guy that like likes to be in control. And that's where you start kind of being like, and this is very early in the movie. You're like, wait, I don't know how I feel about this guy. I guess up to that point, you kind of, because Patricia Arquette is our introductory character and she's being, she said that she killed him. You're kind of like, yeah, I can see why. And we're barely like 15 minutes into this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Tim Robbins, he does, I think he might just be an asshole because he is so convincing as an asshole in every movie I've seen him be in. Like when I see him try to be a nice guy, I don't buy it. <laughs> You know, might be, or is he just really good at playing that character, and so he only gets cast as that? I, I guess it's probably that, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point because in the player, he's like oh, just God. completely relentless, and there's like you're saying he's bringing that to this performance, yeah. where he's shortcuts. just like, I don't give a shit, bro. Like it's all me. It's all me. In baby. shortcuts, he might be the worst human I've seen in the movie. It's so bad the stuff he does in that movie. Uh, can I just say a confession? I know I've seen it, but I. So you can't remember. 
I, I've, as I like to put it, I've lost my credentials. I don't remember he, shortcuts. So he, he couldn't be the, like a worse father. I'm ne- it's insane. Wow. <laughs> okay. That shortcuts rewatch coming up. Uh, but um, okay, apparently no. I love his flashbacks that we get where they're like in like four by three ratio and we, and Robert Forster pops up, which I was not expecting. Like I didn't know he's in this movie at all, but like, which, can I just highlight see- that? Mm-hmm what you're bringing up tron like those those flashbacks that's part of the reason why why i this movie appealed to me is the craft of it i thought was Mm -hmm. spectacular and i think that's what michael gondry is really known for right is these types of things uh i think early in his career i think he's lost that like yes you have stuff to say about that yeah like i i'll just get out of the way now but like this guy has a weird really weird career he does this he does Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, which feels like a like a different filmmaker. And then you look at his later stuff, and it's like The Green Hornet, which it looks like he put zero effort into that. And he's ever since then, he's got like little to no work. So he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Huh. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Michael, if you're out there, hit us up, man. We'll help you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. They, they start... If I'm remembering correctly he immediately after meeting Patricia Arquette, they find, they find Reezy funds. He's like, dude, well, this totally my whole thing about making the world a better place. If I can teach table manners, essentially make everybody as eccentric as I am, the world to be a better place finds Reezy funds, brings him back in and is now like, well, this guy's even closer to humans than rats. So I'm going to do it to him. And we kind of see the big contradiction, which is what well, you're talking about making the world a better place yet this person that has all this love for you you're cheating on them for like very superficial reasons does that sound like does that make sense so far yeah i would say so yeah but like yeah also why wouldn't you just use a monkey you the way you put it i was just like yeah why didn't you use a monkey if you wanted you know instead it's of mice weird. yeah it is weird that he would use mice yeah and, a, and then a real human which is like it, I bet I you it was a, like, it was a budget thing for sure. Yeah. I also think that part of that too is that it's like they wanted something because like Charlie Kaufman is so much a, he everything has to be complex. So which is cool, it's great, but it's like you know like he needed something that they could both have a different viewpoint of to demonstrate their different the different way they perceive nature. Yes. And they couldn't have a monkey appear in her bathroom. So, like, it's part of it's probably for the consistency of the screenplay. So you can show that, like, this is how she sees nature. Yeah. When she sees a mice, what she gets out of it, she sees something beautiful. She sees something natural. She sees something that inspires life. And then when he sees him, he sees mice, he looks at them and he's like, oh, this is something that's uncivilized and needs to be taught something and that I'm going to use to prove how amazing I am. He doesn't, it's like he uses nature while she admires it. I guess I, that was so well put. And it, it reminds me of, of something I want to say about somebody like Charlie Kaufman, that he says things without saying them, but by, by just kind of showing us what's happening. And, and the line where Patricia Arquette's talking with a friend and, and she's like, Oh, he's an animal lover or sorry, Rosie Perez is telling Patricia yeah. Arquette. <laughs> she's like, he's an animal lover. And this guy's really the opposite. He's an animal user right? Like he's experimenting yeah. on animals, but she still, even when she sees this, because she goes to the lab and everything, she still chooses to kind of see the best of him. And that, this, I mean, that felt like, so relatable. That's like a dude that we've all been there where it's like, we kind of, this person's the polar opposite of what they kind of should be. And I kind of want them to not be that. This kind of confused me here though, because um, I was confused when he first showed interest in her like because he clearly read her book i thought he was going to be experimenting on her and it clearly we find out later that he has no clue about the hair stuff but like wouldn't that be a big part of her book well i, I don't think, think she would put that i think she likes keeping so. it hidden i guess yeah but yeah i think the book you're referencing i think that was like a science book and it only had her as a young girl because after that she went oh, out into right. nature you're right yeah yeah i get what you're saying though mm-hmm but so he would just appeal to her because like no one else was willing to date him. Yeah, exactly. And she was like, so as she put it, like I was horny and I, I needed a man, which we have that mm. shot of like of somebody dog. going down on her, but then it's actually the dog. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she is, she is some, there's some things about her that like, 
I just feel so um, sad for her that she didn't realize that like as a female author, even 20 years ago, there's probably a lot of young guys that would have been like, oh, she's so interesting and cool. I'd love to date her. That didn't know about the mm-hmm. hair thing, but she, like, she tried, didn't have though. to date. He probably had to date her, but like she, she could have done. She had she, other options. There was she no scene of her going a into a million other her. options. She just didn't know anybody else. But like, had she given yeah. herself like a couple months, she and like expanded fine. her social circle, she would have found a lot of different options. Yeah. Little bar, you would have found a better. I want to piggyback of that and say, so isn't that what's going on with Reezy Fonts? It's the same thing. Or, or sorry, Puff. I keep calling him by the actor name mm-hmm. because he. I love his name. I know, cool name. <laughs> Because he has been, she was having something withheld or not withheld, but just like she didn't get access to this thing, this interaction. So therefore she goes for the first thing she sees. And now Puff, it's the same thing. Like this dude is just like, I'm just going to hump everything because I've never humped before. You know, is that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes sense to me. That seems like a parallel Mm -hmm. thing to me. You think they teach him not to do that before they let him out. They, they, I think I they jumped think they the gun. I thought of it for some reason. Yeah, but then they keep letting him out. They never put him back. They're just like, okay, we'll just do some shock treatment and show him some porn and just shock him every time. Well, I do think that that's an interesting um, point, though, that he's there's a lot of interesting points between the relationship dynamics in this film. But, mm-hmm. like, especially that is one, for example, that, like, because he's uncivilized, quote unquote, um, he has no preference as to who he wants to be with. Mm-hmm. except for the like french me, girl yeah, or just except i mean but in just in general like yeah. there's this idea that we all are we have ideas of what we want in a person he doesn't really have ideas he just sees another female being that's like r- like physically is like healthy and good and he's like this mm-hmm. is let's mate like there's no other thought processes that go on whereas when you add the civilization there become other things that need to be like they need to look this specific way and have this mm-hmm. specific hair color and body type for dress this way or act this way or know these things for me to be attractive to this person. I think that's a really good observation. And it makes me think about what Tim Robbins' motivation was to have an affair, which I think was just was just lust, right? It was just the fact, like he wouldn't have shown interest in, in the French woman and Gabrielle if she didn't show interest in him. Is that what I'm understanding? I think that in combination with him discovering the hair made him obviously you feel grotesque when he was ever with uh, Patricia Arquette. Yes. Yeah. Two yeah. things working, which, so a lot of people, when you read different reviews, they point out that she's like a loose end, but I don't think that's the case. And I really want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I think it just shows how one of the, the kind of thesis statements of the movie is how we all put on a different face for our significant other or what have you. And she is just like, I will be more desirable as a French woman. So I thought that was actually like a really cool, clever touch. Mm. Did so you that's guys why, like it? That's why you think she was putting on the French, like this because it's like the f- sexy French trope. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. okay. I buy that, I guess. Yeah. Well, I agree totally. I think she was using him to uh, clearly, I, I mean, her apartment is, pretty but it's not huge mm-hmm. clearly she was using him to either for financial gain or because she thought it you know it, I, i'm sure that's what it was mm-hmm. but it i i do think that that's an interesting uh yeah i don't think she's loose and i just wish i could have gotten more into like what her character mm-hmm. that needs to be a whole other movie like what her character's going through because she, you know she's maybe a little bit yeah she's a very interesting mm-hmm. the fact that she's not french is very intentional though mm-hmm. Was her goal to like always get with the um, puff? Was that her like from like moment one? I don't think so, Kylie. I, do you? I I have a theory about why that is, but Kylie, you I think you sounded like you were on track with that too. I mean, my theory about that is um, more out of convenience that like he was there. I don't know if she was thinking of using him or if she actually did fall in love with him just because of the things that she said. But here's the thing. She clearly isn't, she clearly didn't fall in love with him because she didn't reveal anything about herself to him. So I don't know how she's using it, but in some ways she must be like using him for something. Yeah, that's what, that's what I would lean towards. But at the same time, everybody thought that he just went out into nature and they just left him. <laughs> so if he just comes back, are they, aren't they going to be like, well, you're a phony. You were interesting because you lived in nature. Now you're just back here with us. Like, you're not interesting anymore. I feel like he could shave and put on a new face and go under the radar, you know? 
and I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that, like, then at that point, what's the appeal for for French girl other than she just really liked him? Mm-hmm. My guess, but but what happens next? I bet you it's just like he lives with her for maybe a month or two, and she just loses interest, and he, out of desperation, just goes back to the woods. I guarantee that's exactly or find <laughs> yeah. someone else. Yeah, the, I'm I'm finding out now yes there's a short film uh charlie kaufman made that that confirms this uh, <laughs> three months later <laughs> but that's yeah i mean i would say the the theme seems to be right and, and i i typically themes to me aren't always super apparent in films topics can be right but themes the actual kind of like we'll tie it to one or two sentences what it's trying to say for me, it does actually send out for this movie, which would be humanity seems to need some sort of, or not humanity, modern living, I'll say, needs some sort of balance of admiring nature, not completely dismissing it, and, and being true to, uh, or realizing our flaws about what modern living makes us do, and not being caught up in that. Like the table manners because yeah. it's not important. So we skipped over some like interesting stuff. They take him to a Hooters. Oh, we never yeah, talked we about did. the waitress. Well, we uh, never talked about the dynamic between the Oh my god, why can't I remember their names? Uh, the main two characters. Nathan and Lisa. Yeah, Nathan and Lisa. Okay. They uh yeah, I mean just side whole I I think that is a whole interesting dynamic of that she's he's clearly something that's the polar opposite of her, but she's she's falling in love with someone who's toxic to her. Mhm. Even mm-hmm. though she could have other options. Because she has a little self-esteem. Yeah, she, I do she, think that's all interesting. And then she ends up changing herself because she can't change him. Yeah, and I was that still isn't that. enough. Yeah, she sells her soul, and it's it's like a heartbreaking scene when she's just like, "Yeah, I'm like happy. I'm gonna help you like torture this guy, basically." And I was like, "Oh man, this fucking bummed me out." <laughs> I know she takes on like a Nancy Reagan yeah. persona, and it's just depressing to see her this guy that's not worth shit and she's like all cut up shaving her body hair and her head and all that like it's and then she's wearing that silly wig it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it does it was an effective like wow i wouldn't want to superimpose my kind of what i want them to be if it's going to lead to them doing this like it just it it has these moments where it does make you think that i thought were effective she's also getting laser hair removal during all this she's doing so much to conform to what Tim Robbins wants and like he's giving nothing. <laughs> but isn't that I do think that's an interesting note. I don't know. Like not just women, but I know so many people that have done that. I, I, I mean, think... I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like that's a very human thing. I don't unfortunately I think that's an incredibly common thing for people to do is be in a relationship with someone out of low self-esteem that's so parallel to what they are and then try to when they can't change the person that they're with, they try to change themselves and it doesn't work. And then the person that they're with just ends up resenting them more. No, I've seen that. Yeah, it's. I see I that all the time. Yeah. It's just it's like it's like the movie's title. It's human nature, but mm-hmm. why? <laughs> <laughs> just we'll just end the podcast there. Like just what? kind of a, like it's just like, and that's why this film is tightly wrapped up with the title "Human Nature." <laughs> right. Boom, end it. That's it. Right. Bye. Out of here. Self-explanatory. Go off on a high note. <laughs> Like George Costanza in that Seinfeld episode where he, anyway. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna okay. leave now. I'm gonna leave now, guys. Yeah, yeah. He just leaves the boardroom and everyone's laughing. You guys can continue. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. One thing, I, I gotta say, when it comes to like subject matter, I'm kind of done. I've kind of said what I gotta say. Mm-hmm. We could talk about some of the, the other ending, touches, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, sure, sure. I also, before that, I just want to mention my favorite scene in the movie is um, when he takes the French girl to meet with his family and he has a new brother, Wayne, and Wayne is clearly just hitting on the French girl and it's really bothering him. It's like getting to him. And like, I think Wayne, like he even chases her up with the stairs. I thought that was a hilarious scene. Yeah, <laughs> I know. She goes up the stairs and like, he just goes right behind her. Like, dude, yeah. are they going to fuck? Like what? I- I wouldn't put it past this movie. Like, I thought that we get, like, a scene where, like, they get married, like, in, what's the movie? Um, Wet Hot American Summer. There's that storyline with uh, Molly Shannon having a relationship with, like, a 10-year-old boy that progressively gets more and more, like, uh, like mature as the movie goes along to, like, crazy degrees, like, of them getting married. 
it it is always cool seeing a child actor put on this this uh, persona of like they're the most badass person in the room mm-hmm. yeah. but but in like a subtle cool way too yeah. like tim robbins is like freaking out like hey what do you mean you're doing this and the kid's just like Winking. quick witty you know you're yeah. like wow that's powerful and i think that kid that kid like, pulled it off if i was her if i was her lover i would i'd give her all the time she needs it's like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah they gave him some great lines i know okay. guys where is this I kid to, now? i have to say though my favorite my favorite thing of like my favorite part of this whole thing is trolling just as a note this is why didn't they just teach <laughs> the guy to masturbate private that should have been like the first thing before they like like to like help with the urges or something because but that's like so true they don't yeah. even but then that's the point though that that goes away his philosophy because he's not teaching him really how to be a human he's teaching him how to be him yeah that's yeah so he probably exactly right. this that's why this guy's so uptight it's because he doesn't master <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so. Because it would seem like such a simple answer. I didn't even think of that, but that's so true, though. It's like, why wouldn't they? It was bothering me. (laughs) Let's. We haven't talked about him. Let's talk about Peter Dinklage for two seconds. When when Patricia Arquette is like, "Oh, this is what I did to survive. I was, I was, I did these circus acts or whatever," and she's King Kong, and Peter Dinklage is on like on that little plane. plane. Oh my god, so funny, dude! And I loved his Mm -hmm. comeback at the end. And oh, oh, oh. Uh, another thing I just wanted to uh, bring it up is like Rosie, it was so true to life of Rosie Perez telling Patricia Arquette, I forgot her name in the movie, but her friend doing the laser hair removal. Mm-hmm. She's telling her all about Patricia Arquette's telling her all about this guy and this and that. And Ro- and, and Patricia or Rosie, Ar- <laughs> Rosie Arquette, Rosie, Arquette. Ro- Rosie, <laughs> Rosie Perez <laughs> is just explaining like, about people not ne- needing to not be superficial and this and that and then she's like i wouldn't date a midget like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and it was right. just so like that's so that is human nature right there like nailed it mm-hmm. nailed but it. then she kisses peter dinklage like they're like I, having I, an affair she changes her mind Ex- yeah that's no and i that's i wanted to bring that up too is like what a cool arc is like that there is some mm-hmm. good development there for her I wonder what did it. Like, did she see the King Kong show? It's like, man, that guy I really do bad. wish we would have gotten that scene. Maybe we <laughs> yeah. could have got it. Like, that's how you get a better movie. Just include that little scene in there. I was really confused when he first came in because he puts on this like a facade as him being a doctor, and I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like, did he become a? Was he a doctor this whole time? But well, then, I... like, he just pulls out a gun. Why? Why did he have the fake being a doctor if he's just gonna pull out a gun <laughs> in the room? Well, I don't know about that, but it reminded me of Boyhood, another Patricia Arquette movie yeah. where she meets this waiter uh, and then like, or it was the the landscaper and then she's at the restaurant. He's like, I got a degree. I own this restaurant because of you. Like, so, so Peter Dinklage is like, we did the circus together. Now I'm a doctor because of you. I know. Oh, man. She's How does Peter body. Dinklage manage to be one of the best, I, and this is just my opinion, but one of the best performances in this film with like literally like three or four three lines. Three lines. Yeah, I know. Three, he really. Three or four lines and, and then speaks another language and he killed right. it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. He's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can it we do a Peter you, Dinklage like series? Tiptoes. Tiptoes. We got to watch Tiptoes. <laughs> What's Tiptoes? Oh, in honor man. of Peter Dinklage, are we doing? No, I know we're doing JoJo Dancer next. Oops, yeah. spoiler for everyone, we're doing JoJo Dancer next. But just but... watch the trailer Tiptoes, and it'll okay. have you cracking up. <laughs> also with Trish Arquette. Oh shit! That's Wait, right. What? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we got playing this better, guys. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it after we're done recording. Yeah. Tiptoes. It, it's yeah. Oh my goodness. So, guys, I gotta say, I I don't got much else to say about this movie, but if you do bring it let's let's hear it um are we uh regarding I, the movie, no i guess no nothing really i had one oh. more comment hey go ahead i'll go after um well okay so <laughs> i this is such a small thing but it's like do you remember the scene where her friend i think it's louise is talking about her brother the psychologist and she's it's the same scene that she st- recommends peter binklage and she's talking about how um she keeps using her brother as an example oh yeah but like yes that how, was... is that am i the only one that like and then Patricia 
Arquette's character looks over to these pictures of all these pictures on her wall of her and her brother. Am I the only one who's like wondering was she fucking her brother? I I thought the exact same thing. Wait, it was really weird. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even remember a brother. I have no idea what you're talking about. She kept oh. talking about her brother as a man she would want. Yeah. What? Because the whole, the whole thing of how they met is um, Luis, who's giving, is the cosmetologist who's removing her hair, has a brother who's a psychologist. Oh! And knows, who Tim Robbins and, visits. Right. Wait. So he's Tim Ro- Robbins' psychologist. And so in the later scene where she's going back in to get more treatment, uh, she starts, they were talking about how much she's, you know, Patricia kept talking about how much she loves Tim Robbins' characters despite all of his flaws. And she goes into how it's really the brain of the man. And she starts, she keeps referencing her brother. She references her brother like three times. She's like, you know, he's the, and literally says like, he's, you know, that's the type of man, my brother's type of man, like that you want to be with for his brain. Mm-hmm. Even though he's average looking, it's his brain that makes you want to be with him. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So this goes back to then where she ends with saying like, I wouldn't date a midget. So, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was also confused. I'm like, why is she saying it's her brother when they have photos that they're dating? Yeah. Yeah. Those are like photos you'd see on Instagram right now of couples. And that was them. Yeah. Yeah, That's why it was weird. Like, I don't understand that. The whole thing was a little bit. There was no payoff to it either. It was just, it was just something that's like, this is fucking weird. Let's throw that in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was wild. But um, I, I th- there's another scene I want to point out. But in the very ending, I thought it was hilarious when his altercation with his mom like reunites with them after like 30 years, and he's just like, she's like, call me. He's like, I can't. I live in the woods. It just like walks off naked in the woods. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true to yeah. his to his values. Yeah. And, uh, anything for you, Alan? Anything before? Ah, uh, man. I oh oh for 2001 CGI, I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like all things considering, and again, I thought they used it smartly not to get back into a lot of CGI, but so, uh, and, and yeah, just the, the, the commitment to the production design and also just honestly a movie, if, if anything else to take from it is how to use extras, like just, it, it made the biggest difference to have those wide shots and just have just a shitload of people at all times, you know, when Reacting. they're following him yeah, mm-hmm. reacting and stuff when they're following him, when he's going back into the woods or when he's in the courtroom or just any scene, there seems to be like a, I know it seems like a weird thing to point out, but it, it did just stand out to me like a good direction of extras, like just like having a good amount of them and have them doing mm-hmm. like things that make the scene come to life. It, it was like Brazil or something. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. That's really all I got. Yeah, me too. So on to the trivia. On to the trivia. And there is not a lot. Uh, let me tell okay. you, it's not interesting <laughs> at all. Like, okay. I guess I'll just I'll glide through it. So Michael Condry uh, directed this Borg uh, music video called "Human Behavior." That the four scenes are allusions to that music video, I guess. And then um, oh. Spike Jones, the studio wanted Spike Jones, but he was just like, uh, "He, nah, I'll produce, but you got it." Yeah, he he was like he was like shit, man. I'm lucky I got away with John Malkovich. Do I really want to risk it again? Like, <laughs> and then Sodenberg was interested in directing it, but then I think he opted to direct um, Out of Sight instead. And other actors who were considered were uh, Chris Catan for Puff, Nathan Broman, and Marissa Tomei in the role of Lila, which I think would have made I think Marissa Tomei would have made the movie like a little bit better. I would have loved Marissa Tomei. As well. uh, yeah, I really. really love I, I like Pretty Short Cut. You do? I like her too. Very Don't get me wrong. About her that I think like very natural about her. That, like, I mean, it, works in this character. Some of I, I don't I can't get a read on her. Both her and Tim Robbins. There's like certain movies where I love them, and then certain movies where I'm just like they don't really work at all in this. But I like she was. I thought she was fine in this. And then Chris, this is also. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say Chris Kattan would have been. Int- I think Chris Kattan being in it would have completely changed the movie. Is Chris Kattan? Is he the guy who's the like other part of um? Night the Roxbury. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. he's just, I feel like he would have played it in a way that would have been a little bit more comical. Yeah. He. Yeah. And it would have been a little bit more physical. And I just think there's something subtle about um, Reese's performance that like really sells it. Like it's mm-hmm. perfect. Whereas like Catan, I don't. Catan would have made it different. It would have been. It wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been. And then this is also Hillary Dove's first feature role, which I like. I was like, is that Hillary Duff? I'm like, nah, it doesn't really, but then, yeah, you guys pointed out to me it was. There's a really, I, I may not have brought it in here, but 
and the over their heads just the way this guy worded he starts talking about patricia arquette like about how she grew to be this really attractive woman and I he's saw that one. And oh yeah okay <laughs> and he's like he's like and speaking of wow i see a young hillary duff come oh. in uh i was like no get somebody call the cops on that man <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck? Like I I read that one. No, thank you. No, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Okay, so that's it for trivia, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and just a little background on the box office opening week it made like around 300k. Opened in France on like September 11th, 2001. Uh not a great day to go to the movies. Um and then it opened in the US like almost a year later in t- uh, 2002. Do you guys, whenever you see a movie came out in in 2001, do you ever get like anxiety because you just feel for the movie? You're like, oh man, these poor people didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I also wonder just like what, what I don't really, I haven't done that much research on it, but like were people going to the movies a little bit more just to try to escape the whole like yeah. this thought, like just for two hours, just escape or were they just more like, like wallowing and depressed i don't know and and maybe even scared that something might yeah. happen in their theater although i don't know if there had been many occurrences of like theater acts of terrorism at that I don't point think so, no. yeah i think what was it, the dark knight started that or was yeah. it dark knight rise dark knight rises yeah one of those and then uh oh kylie oh yeah go oh sorry kylie did anyone die and uh, Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, 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 far good for there. (laughs) All right. So let's see. Trellin, you found Mm -hmm. for over their heads, you found a review that you you wanted to do. Let's Mm -hmm. hear it, bud. I don't, should I read this whole thing? I could go through it pretty quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the header of this is, oh, come on. This one is great. I don't know what's happening with the votes on this movie. It is really great maybe people just get offended by lots of nudity in this picture why to bother it's very thought-provoking <laughs> extremely smart funny in the same way sad i prefer it over eternal sunshine sometimes really great story about how hopeless we all are a bit farce a bit comedy and a great and a great philosophical meeting why don't we live in the forest why don't we try to be free why don't we live in the world of steel and plastic just think about the, the what questions do Kaufman movie rise? Jesus Christ. Wait. That, that, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he lost me at the end. Like, wait, are you five? What? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Being John Malkovich is pretty shallow, but not strong work. I still adore it, but it's worse Kaufman's work for me, though it's extremely original. <laughs> Adaptation brings out the greatest thoughts about movie making, about human relations, about creativity in Hollywood, about mainstream and real art. And the funny thing, Adaptation even mocks about itself. Great script. Eternal Sunshine is mainly about love, destiny, and memories. Nothing else there. Though I have to admit it's a perfect script. Uh, what? I don't. Human nature is anti-human. Greenpeace pro-movie. Till the very end. It mocks humanity sometimes, but mostly talks about how self-important we are. How ungracious to the nature around us. But the end, well, won't write spoilers here. This movie is a skeptical answer for all those hopeless romantics out there. And I think it's a great symbolic relationship. A symbi- symbiotic relationship, romance and skepticism. Oh my God. Wow. So illiterate. Oh. <laughs> but he, being John Malkovich is shallow. I, I, do, I did like this movie to a certain degree, but like, yeah, I think all the movies he mentions are a totally different tier. Where like, this movie's kind of more surface level than I'd say Malkovich adaptation or Eternal. Mm. you want to do the next one i sure let's uh i have this one here mm-hmm. here we go the biggest question one should ask in regards to work is how does stuff like this get made who finances it although boasting an impressive cast and a script by charlie kaufman the result is a chaotic mess he may present us with interesting and strangely twisting scripts but somehow kaufman's work always leaves me less fulfilled. Maybe it's because he lets too many thoughts come to the surface and then stray as he buries each under a morass of themes that all peter out long before the end. Work like this mostly comes across as a poor man's Preston Surges. <laughs> Miracle of Morgan's Creek, it ain't. Oh, oh, sorry, there's more. 
Still, there are some moments of interest and it is intriguing to see an actress Ooh. as attractive as Arquette defile her body image, including a very young Hilary Duff playing Arquette's character in a flashback so thoroughly as she does. <laughs> Yet there seems precious little insight of depth or ideology and Gondry's pop promo directorial style helps matters little. This is certainly a curiosity for fans of Coffin's writing, but surely even the most diehard admirer would have to admit to its many failings. Approach with caution. You forgot to mention the little Hillary Duff thing he says in there. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit. Wait, no, I said it. You did? I don't oh, think yeah, so. Yeah, you did. Oh, you did, but you didn't. Oh, you yeah. Did. Oh, I. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Intriguing to see an actress as attractive as Arquette defile her body image, including a very young Hillary Duff. Like, no. Fucking like 10. The, what the, the fuck is he talking about? Right, exactly. Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, the whole, he's literally the point, like, he's the subgroup that she's, the, the whole movie is based on people like you. Yeah. Oh, like, this uh, is, this, you're not meant for, the, you're not the audience member. Mm -hmm. Like, talk about over their heads, like. <laughs> the whole point of the movie is literally that she, that it's not, a, that her body image is beautiful because it's her, do you know what I, like, that's the whole point. Yeah. It's, this one abnormality doesn't make her unattractive yeah she, <laughs> man. he's like criticizing the movie for doing for having a point of view i guess <laughs> I, yeah i guess so my goodness clearly just so, don't understand why don't we get into our final questions mm -hmm. here a couple of them i think we already asked when we were talking through the movie but let's right. see how many razors do you think patricia arquette's character goes through in a week <laughs> i i think it was because of her that they started the company Harry's. And so she was just getting him shipped weekly. to her weekly. Yeah. So we're talking maybe like a five razors a week, you know? Five. Yeah. I mean, she, if she's doing it every day, she definitely is like using razors that are meant to last for like long periods of time mm -hmm. weekly. That I know. I think what a better question would be how much of her budget goes to razors and shaving cream? I think. A good portion be as it's probably all the money from her book. Yeah, <laughs> she can't afford to live anywhere. She that's that's what she spent the money on is that little tent and razors, and that was yeah. it. <laughs> and is uh Tim Robbins' character in Purgatory or Hell? So I hadn't even thought of it that because everything is white, the connotation is oh, this is heaven, mm -hmm. but we oh you don't even say heaven you say purgatory hell okay well it, it feels like heaven to me but let's just say that why would he be in heaven when clearly he wasn't a good partner i mean he wasn't kind of a good human period he wasn't good to nature he was mistreating the animals and and, and even mistreating another human by forcing him to be uh in his, in his own eye and you know so I say, I don't, I guess he, I'm confused. Why is he in heaven? <laughs> I think, I think he's in hell because oh. at the end they ask him to tell the story again. And I think that's going to be his hell is reliving the story for the rest of his like existence, just over and over about how he fucked up. Nice. I could, see, I don't know if he's in hell. I could see it being purgatory though. In that okay. he has to be caught. But I do have a question. Why do we have to assume that it's one of those three? Well, um, like, what else could it be? Heaven, purgatory, or hell? What, like, what are you saying there's other options? I'm just saying that, like, those are something that's, like, one viewpoint or one or a few viewpoints of, like, mm -hmm. an afterlife. Or that we've made. But, like, it maybe it's just a form of the after. The, I think there's a, like, none of us know if, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if I believe, I don't believe in an afterlife. But, like, for mm -hmm. people that do believe in an afterlife, w many people have different ideas of what that would mean. And mm -hmm. we've given them labels, but just like if there was an afterlife, no human being would know what that would be like. Mm -hmm. True. So it doesn't really have to live by any rules that we've given it as humans. True. Well, I agree. Yeah, Kylie, when you were getting your PhD in uh, quantum <laughs> theory and uh, ast astronomy, I mean, I could see why these questions, why you think in this way. It makes sense. 
I'm, I'm glad I give off those vibes. <laughs> but, but genuinely, though, you're right. Is is it's easy to say, the, oh, he's in heaven, hell, purgatory. But yeah. you're right. It's like, well, what the fuck do we know? What do we know exactly? Yeah. Like, what what if there's there's something else and we we don't know? So, I mean, that, that's just a great input. I, I genuinely mean it. If if I was a betting man, I'd just bet on blackness, just dark, nothing. <laughs> Is that a line from a movie? If I was a betting no. man, or is that just oh, a thing people? Say? I think it's just a saying. Okay, it's just a saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, like I, it. I think, but and that again is something that is innately human. That's human mm-hmm. nature in itself. Yeah. We want to categorize things that we don't understand, so that we can better understand them, or that we can go on through life not having to not understand them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, none of us know if there is an afterlife what it would be like. So there's no way to really categorize this because it's just what it is there's no name for it okay and uh for the last question i noticed you put the woods are nyc i don't think this movie takes place in nyc it does yeah okay i thought so too but then i looked i kept watching and like there was a couple clues that it was in california there's an in out burger cup and then like there's some (laughs) shots of like the the cityscape and that it's like LA and I looked at the locations and I don't think they shot anything in New York like on IMDb oh really okay then 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 the woods are LA yeah I I thought (laughs) I also thought it was New York though it like really caught me off guard I I thought it was New York too it looked why is there an outburger I'm going LA I mean I live here right now I can just fucking go the woods if I wanted to (laughs) (laughs) you can go be puff you can go Puff. oh my goodness well, this, this is, is my last episode. I'll go in the woods. <laughs> we wish you the best, sir. Yeah. This, uh, th- this has been a great, a great discussion. And I honestly, I'm, I'm glad we checked out this movie. I, I feel like the other Charlie Coffin movies are definitely the ones people talk about. So I'm, I guess it, it, it makes sense in mm-hmm. code known fashion that we would do this one. That's why I picked mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, I'm glad we did it. And I can't wait to go through the, the rest of mm-hmm. his, his work. And, tonight with the netflix one and no we're not sponsored by netflix <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh you so you recommend it kylie you recommend it i recommend it yeah mm-hmm. yeah i totally recommend it too i'll i'll give it a recommendation just for someone who wants to complete his stuff but i also recommend the new movie like alan said and his book which is really fucking hilarious oh what's the book about uh it's called ant kind and it's about a film critic and it's cool. all through his psyche and it, like he like shits on like different movies that are coming out now and it's it's really funny it's like movies made for people like us basically or like a book made for us yeah oh i love it i love it i'm 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 getting it for sure okay well we are signing off ciao bye bye